Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Hey, hey, it's Dr. Fuck here in my house. When with me here in my house is... <laughs> oh, yeah. The Atoll Alcoholic and Wadley. That's right. It's 4 a.m. and we're, we came back from a party. And uh, we're feeling pretty good here, huh? That's right. That's right. And you said, fuck it, let's talk about a band. Let's just do something. Let's just do a discography. Yeah. You know, I do, I was doing that on the Vieira Vault. Uh, the Vieira Vault, I renewed and everything, and I, I don't have passion for it anymore. I don't know what, it, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I but pay- you, you picked a pretty fucking monumental discography to talk about, though. Right. I got to say, it's, it's a little intimidating. And now that I think about it, I totally forgot about this. Yeah. On the Vieira Vault, I did do a Beatles discography show with TikTok Man. Oh, yeah. I did do one with him. And part two was never up because my computer died. And I lost it. So TikTok Man... um, Just news you lose. It's four in the morning. We ain't gonna call you. And I'm sorry, dude. You know, we just can't... You know, Ian's Ian's here. Ian Hill. uh, (laughs) Ian's ill. I think you had it right the first time. I'm very ill. And I was just like, you know, we threw around some bands. I said Black Sabbath, The Cheap Trick, you know, and then, you know, Ian's a little sketchy on some of it. So it's like, how about the Beatles? And now that we started recording, now I remember we did one with TikTok Man. So TikTok Man, I apologize. Uh, But we're going to have TikTok Man back again. And definitely for a Beatles album, I'm sure. So, eh, we're going to have Ian's take on it, you know? Right. And who knows? And the way I feel now, it's probably going to be different than the Vieira Vault version. You get TikTok Man back for Yellow Submarine. Oh, God. I ain't studying that shit. Not side two of these. I mean, it all sounds the same to me. That fucking fairy music and shit. God rest his soul, uh, George Martin, but Jesus. Not my thing, bro. But anyway... Before we get into the Beatles discography, me and Ian were having a discussion on Kiss fans. And I thought, well, maybe we should build it up. And, you know, I mean, all our episodes, we have like a prelude before we get into shit. And uh, we started bringing up Kiss fans. And you said there was a, uh, was it online? You saw Kiss fans and said, oh, well, you don't have to mention the podcast. A guy that says he, he doesn't like hard rock or metal, but he likes Kiss. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I don't want to mention the podcast, but uh, but it it is a fairly I will say uh, fairly popular uh, Kiss podcast. But he did mention that uh, not a fan of hard rock or heavy metal. He's just a Kiss fan, which I found kind of odd because everybody I know in real life that likes Kiss is uh, it likes a right. lot of different bands, and Kiss is a gateway band. It was right. my gateway band. Yeah, a gateway band. I mean, a gateway band. It wasn't Black Sabbath. I knew Black Sabbath. I love Black Sabbath, but Kiss was the band that wanted me to explore more hard rock and metal. Right, like you're like it's got to get better than this, you know? No, no. I still stand by my love for '70s Kiss. Oh. '70s Kiss 
I can only name three songs I don't like off from the first album, The Dynasty. I can only name three songs I don't like. Well, I, I sit there and I bitch about Kiss. I make fun of Kiss, and I've kind of fallen out of love with Kiss a little bit. Uh, but it will never leave my fucking DNA. I, never. I mean, those albums, those songs are fucking classic. But I, I, I think as older I get, um, kind of the shine is wear off, and I see what is. I still see it as something I love, but I don't. I don't even see it as fucking hard rock or anything. It's just fucking rock and roll. Uh, you know, it's fun shit, but I've just kind of. I've kind of moved on. I think a lot of that has to do with the band. I think they've just left so much bad taste in my mouth that uh, well, yeah, I can't enjoy it as much as I used to. This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and we fly by the seat of our pants, if I'm using the right terminology, and uh, I say we do a Kiss discography now. You want to say fuck the Beatles and we do Kiss? And we get fucking TikTok, man, for the Beatles, man. What do you say? Come on, man. It's TikTok, man. Who's TikToking him? He's uh, Nathan Lewis. He's the guy that flexed behind us. At, at oh, that, that fucker from Boston? Oh, uh, God. I don't yeah. know. I think he's from there. He's from Cool. I don't know. That guy's so much of an asshole. He might be from New York. I don't know. I like him, though. I like him. All right, let's do the kiss down. This yeah, will be but, fucking but, fun. But even before we get into it, I, and, and look, Ian. Uh-huh. Even though I have a different um, opinion on you, on what I'm about to bring up, I do respect your opinion, and I actually enjoy, I mean, agree with you to a certain extent, even though I don't feel the way you do, yeah. but Ian has a big problem with Kiss, and he fell out of love a lot with Kiss, because, seriously, you fans have ruined it for him, and I can, I can pinpoint when it happened. Uh, well, not exactly when it happened, but I can pinpoint... We're pretty close. I've talked about it. Well, the thing is that when we do KISS episodes, they do extremely well. And then when we do something like Armored Sane or Sabotage, it doesn't do well. And it pissed Ian off immensely. Yeah. You know, how people just won't give other bands a chance. And But if we put up a KISS thing, we'll get, you know, so many yeah. fucking listeners. And it really pisses Ian off to the point where it turned them off to the band. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of shit building up. You know, it, it all starts with fucking Psycho Circus was the beginning of the end. But uh, as far as the show, yeah, it did annoy me that uh, the numbers were through the roof for the Kiss episodes, but not necessarily the underground shit we did. And what that said to me is like, well, these people really don't, like, get what we do, but anything Kiss, I'm gonna fucking, I gotta fucking hear. Like, whether I like these guys or not. Because if you really like this, you would listen to every fucking episode and go, oh, those guys make me laugh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, there's a lot of people out there that don't like us, but fuck you, slap Kiss on that motherfucker. And it's like, when are you gonna grow up? Because I, I grew up with Kiss, you know, but there was a point where like, ugh, it, I can't stand by this shit anymore. You know? Right, I, I and, and be honest, and be honest. You know, look, I, and you know why I respect your opinion on Kiss fans because, um, being that I have the biggest Kiss YouTube page in the world, uh, I get a lot of grief from certain Kiss fans. Now, I don't want to generalize because most of the people, you got to remember, I almost have thirteen thousand subscribers, and those thirteen thousand are cool people. They yeah. don't. That was like 13,000 today. Yeah, just today. <laughs> and they're very great people, and they're very supportive, and they love what I do, and, and I really do appreciate those guys. It's the ones that, you know, that it, it, it's weekly. 
I get like these kishy idiots that have to fight with me over facts. And it's like, Kiss can, you know, one guy, Kiss, Kiss never made a bad song. You know, people like that I want to talk about. Those are the people, well, you know, that, that are just ridiculous. Let me, let me ask you this and see if you would agree with me on this. I would say the majority of Kiss fans out there, I'm talking the hardcore motherfuckers, are a lot like us. Like, you'll never take away what Kiss means to them, but like right now, they just see it as the joke. But there's the ones that like, oh no, you know, they they can do no wrong. I think that's the minority. I think the majority like appreciate what Kiss meant to them, but they're like, eh. Well, I want to say that minority you're talking about, which is a minority, is still a huge fucking number. Right, and that's just going to show. Because, dude, I'm telling you, I have, and they're passionate on the retardation because, dude, I know many of them that attack me, many come back as fake profiles or a brand new YouTube page. Because when I go ban these idiots, because look, I don't ban people that are just like, I disagree with you. I ban people like, you fuck you, you faggot, and this and that. And I'm like, you know. I don't, and and, um, and of course, they are not worth me to talk about them. So I just ban them. And when I go ban them, in order to ban somebody, you actually have to go on their profile to ban them. And I see it's a brand new profile. Zero subscribers, no videos on there. It's just a brand spanking new, which means these are people I've banned before and they come back. Now, there's many that, yeah, they have subscribed and they've been there for a while. You know, and then I've had... Then I banned people that when Gene Simmons' mom died, you know, uh, more than one was like, she should have died in the Holocaust. And That's terrible. Thing yeah, and I'm like, you know. I wouldn't even say that. Yeah, yeah I, you, you got to go to. Yeah. Or, you know, you know they're, they're greedy Jews. You got to go to. I'm sorry. I'm not going to allow, you know, this kind of racism and shit. Did you ever hear the story about Nikki Six calling uh, Bruce Kulik? No. Uh when they announced the reunion tour, you know, and basically kicked, you know, Kulik and, and Singer to the curb, fucking Nikki Six called Kulik and said, those fucking greedy Jews not knowing Bruce Kulik's a Jew too. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Way to go, Nikki. Yeah. Just more proof that everybody in the entertainment field is a Jew. Uh, and that Except was, for us, and that's why we're not entertaining. And that was around the time Nikki was wearing a swastika. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was around like the around the Karabi era. He was wearing a swastika uh, armband, and they'd have swastikas on the screen behind them, you know, trying to be controversial and drum up, and it backfired on because as much as I love the 94 album, it didn't do shit. And I guess that was just desperation on his part to get some somebody talking that they're Nazis and shit, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, but you know, I mean, I've always said before I made a KISS channel. You know, Slayer and Pantera have the worst fans. You know, they're boneheads, they're crazy, but the Kiss fans outnumber them now. I mean, outdope them. Because when it comes to Slayer, I mean, the bad Slayer and Pantera fans, there's a lot of cool ones, too. There's a lot of racism right. involved in both bands. Right. You know, where Slayer's more of a, uh, I mean, I guess you call it racist, but Nazi? You know, it was a good way. Yeah, I mean, there's some, people, race, some people who saw what they did and took it a different direction. Yeah, exactly. You know? And where Pantera, I mean, they were just fucking racist. They saw that rebel flag and, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but Kiss fans are just dopes and uh, very threatening online. <laughs> you know, one guy wanted to rip my face off. Uh, you know, 
I've gotten many, many threats of getting my ass kicked because I don't like certain songs. It's not the, it's not the videos where I put up that Paul's lip syncing or Paul's a hypocrite or Paul's this. No, it's because I don't like what makes the girl world goes round. I should have my ass kicked. That to me is the Kiss fans that drive Ian nuts. Right. You know, and for, for me, I just fucking ban them. But I, I, I used to be one of those fans. I ain't gonna fucking lie, man. It for a long really? time. Really, you would you would get pissed off? Uh, well, well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say I get pissed off. But in my mind, they could do no wrong. And even if it was a bad song, I would fucking. I would. It's not that bad. I mean, there was a time where I totally defended shitty fucking albums that I knew in my heart were shitty. But I was like, oh, it's fucking Kiss. You know, Kiss can do no wrong, but. Uh, Man, Kiss did a lot of fucking wrong. They did a lot of right, though. You can't take away the coolness that fucking Kiss had. But there was a lot of bullshit, too. And, you know, part of it is, you've mentioned this a lot of times, that people would like shit more if they didn't know the truth. Yeah. If they didn't know the truth about who played on what, the back, you know, the, the drama behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I remember getting so excited about Psycho Circus. I'm like, the four of them together. They're going to sit in a room and write songs, and it's going to be just like Love Gun because you have that magic vibe. And then I heard that shit, and I was like, what the fuck? Is There's no way there's even the same people playing on All this right, fucking that shit. That was the next question I was going to ask you. When you heard Psycho Circus, were you, because you know they kept it hidden. Right. Were you aware that was an Ace and Peter on the album? Uh, the very first thing I heard was, uh, I remember world premiere, I was driving to Orlando at the time. And uh, they were playing the world premiere of Psycho Circus. And I was like, hmm, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like Ace's guitar play. It wasn't what I was hoping for, at least, you know what I mean? But I was still like, hmm, maybe he's just playing differently. But when I heard the drums, I was like, there's no fucking way that's Peter Chris. Peter me? Chris, you know, can't, can't keep time. <laughs> well, me, I thought it was always bamboozled. And I know most people say that they knew right away. I think people lie about that. I didn't. And I really didn't know until they actually announced it. I thought Studio Magic, you know? Yeah, I, I, I knew it wasn't Chris, but I was on the fence about Ace. I thought, well, maybe Ace is trying to sound current. No, I mean, honestly, Psycho Circus, really? I mean, I don't really think the drums are that difficult in that song. It sounds like, I mean, Peter Chris did play it live. And he played yeah, like, it's not difficult. That's why I knew Peter Chris couldn't play it. <laughs> Well, I mean, when they played it live, he pretty much kept faithful to the to the studio version. I didn't see anything he played that was uh, hard for him to play on that song. But, I mean, we, we are jumping ahead. Yeah. I mean, we should stop talking about Psycho Circus now. But um, Let's talk about the glory years. Yeah, we're going to start from the very beginning. This is going to be a long episode. We should start now. All right, but, but before we get into the very first album... Uh, we should say a little something that talks about how we were both introduced to the band. My first album uh, wasn't the first. The first one I heard that I can remember as a child was Dynasty. But it wasn't the first one I owned. I just knew it from the fucking radio. It was I Was Made For Loving You. And I threw a fit in the store because I wanted to kiss dolls and stuff. But the very first Kiss album I bought that, you know, now this is my favorite band in the world was Asylum. What was your favorite album? Uh, when I, I, mean, was, I mean, your first one. That My you know. first one was Double Platinum. 
Double platinum. Uh, That's double right. Double platinum, and I've lived with double platinum all the way through the '80s without hearing the original versions of most of those songs. Uh, especially, uh, believe it or not, like the one that I heard the latest will shock you. Really, was the first one. I think I heard the first one for the first time in like '85, and I was shocked to hear like Black Diamond and you know uh, Strutter. I mean, it sounds very different on that first album. And honestly, I didn't really like the first album the first few listens. I grew it a lot. I mean, I worship that album now. But back then, 100,000 Years sounded different. I mean, there's something about those remixes on Double Platinum that, to me, and I ha it has a lot to do with that being my right. first Taste of Kiss, that those were, the to me, those, the essential studio versions. Strutter 78 was your version of Strutter. Big time. Uh, I did get soon after, I believe the, the 70s wasn't over before I had Alive. And Alive 2. I had Alive, Alive 2, Dynasty, and uh, Rock and Roll Over. Uh, I know early 80s, I got Destroyer. I uh, probably got Dressed to Kill. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I'm just saying that, that that was my first taste was Double Platinum. And to this day, it's like... To me, that's the only greatest hits that matters when it comes to Kiss. Uh, other other compilations of Kiss do not matter to me at all. Because I think Double Platinum is solid. There's a couple things that I don't like. Like, I don't like the rock bottom intro into She. Uh, that kind of like threw me for a loop when I heard the original versions. I was like, yeah, I, I think I prefer this dress to kill shit more than what they did there. Uh, but I dug, I dug like Detroit Rock City with, you know, you got a losing mind in Detroit right in the middle of the solo. You hear that? And, uh, you know, not hearing the car crash, you know, it's like, I liked it. I really did like it. I love, I just love, and to this day, I love Double Platinum. I mean, I play that shit pretty much, I don't know, half a dozen times a year. I still play it regularly. I love it. I love that Great Six album. I think it's the perfect, I mean, for, well, for me, it was the album that got me into Kiss and made me, you know, a big Kiss fan. But you got to remember, back then I used to mow lawns for an album. So it's like, oh, do I really want to mow a lawn for the first Kiss album where I have Strutter, Nothing to Lose, Firehouse, Cold Gin, Deuce, 100,000 Years, and Black Diamond already on this album? I'm going to buy an album with like three songs I never heard before? No, that's why it took me forever to hear. Well, yeah, you should have bought that shit instead of fucking Kansas. No, I, well, I bought Kansas before Double Platinum. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, believe me, I, I love Kansas. And, um, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, you are here and I can't sock you, so stop yeah. talking about okay, Kansas. Right. And especially Left Overture. That's, that shit's like, you know, that's like insulting my, my, my old dog. You know, that's dead now. But, um, yeah. So, first Kiss album, what do you say? Well, what do you say? Uh, I say I love every track but one song. And what song would that be? Kissing Time. Okay. Fair enough. And I, I can deal with it, but goddamn, I, I would love to have a pressing that didn't have that on there because that shit doesn't deserve to be on there. It doesn't fit in uh, with the rest of the album. I think it has a great flow, and a lot of people bitch about love theme from Kiss. I fucking love love theme from Kiss. Love it. Uh, but to me, Kissing Time is the one that sticks out like a fucking sore thumb. But yeah, I, I love this fucking album. My old man bought it and fucking hated it, and 
decided from uh, then on, like, fuck Kiss, because he thought it was going to be the New York Dolls, which he loved, and he hated Kiss. Uh, took me a long time to find the New York Dolls, but I got Kiss right away. So, I love the first album. So, you basically, I mean, technically didn't hear the first Kiss album before me, but technically you heard it at an earlier age than I did. I probably had the first album by... Let's see, when I first got into Kiss, well, 12, 13. I, I was at I, least, I, I was at least, I would say like 13 years older than you when I first heard the Kiss. So you heard it at a much younger age. Because yeah. I think I discovered the first one, which was my friend Buckwheat had it. Yes, I had a friend but called Buckwheat. When, when I got into Kiss, though, I went absolutely fucking nuts. When I got Asylum, I remember buying uh, an issue of Hit Parader that came with a KISS calendar that had like all the important dates and history on it, what albums came out. And that's how I knew what KISS albums were out there. There was no Wikipedia, there was no bullshit like that. I went by this little KISS calendar that was about, you know, you're looking at me, about this yay tall. But it said this album came out on that day and that's how I knew to go to the store. Oh, I gotta have this album, I gotta have that album. I mean, I just went KISS fucking crazy because of sorry. Well, all right, yeah, that's it. I came in during Double Platinum. But uh, looking back now, I have lived with this album a long, long time. And I just bought it. I mean, I'll show it to you after we're done. I just bought the 40th anniversary, 45th, whatever. It came in like this uh, gray, black vinyl, splattered vinyl. It's a new version? Yeah. Well, no, it's the original version, but it sounds better than, uh, you know, that 180 grand. There's something really good about the sound. They, I guess they... they I don't know. They just cleaned it up a bit. Maybe Tommy Thayer plays on it. Uh, no, I got it. But um, to me, the first Kiss album is pretty much like almost the greatest hits in a way. I mean, the only tracks on here that are not mainstays or not played through the years on, on set listers, Let Me Know, uh, Kiss in Time, and uh, Love Team from Kiss. Everything else, Strutter, Nothing to Lose, Firehouse, Cold Gin, Deuce, 100,000 Year, Black Diamond. You know, I mean, are, are just, you know, staples of KISS shows. And, uh, oh, I love this. And, and you know what? Um, love theme from KISS is uh, a song I don't like. And I'll explain to you why. Uh, and it's uh, very easy to explain. Um, I love Acrobat. I just love Acrobat. And Acrobat, Acrobat has love theme from KISS in it. And it's like the lamest part of Acrobat is that section where they play love scene. When they go crazy and Peter Chris was bashing the fuck, dan and an and an and which is they use later for Detroit Rock City. Well, let me ask you this. I know we're going backwards, going forwards, or wait a minute, I'm all fucked up in the space, space-time continuum. What do you think about Wicked Lester? Did you like that at all? I did, but for, uh, for what it is, it's not really... Um, it's something that I guess I like because it's Gene and Paul, but you know, there's certain songs on there like "Waiting for the uh, Waiting on Darkness." I think it's called. Love that song. Not too crazy on "She," not too crazy on "Love Her All I Can," but uh, there's a couple tunes on there that I really dig. See, uh, that's one of those things I got to be honest. Like, I loved it when I heard it, but I got to be honest with you. If it wasn't Kiss, would you would have never, you would have never heard it. Would I think it was that cool? I think maybe I just think it's cool because it's fucking Kiss. But I dig it. And you know, I was, I'd say this happened about maybe six, seven years ago. 
I went to a record store there in uh, Bird Road, which I should go by there again. They had the album Laughing Dogs. You know that album, Laughing Dogs? There was a band called Laughing Dogs. That had the same album cover? That had the same yeah. album cover as Wicked Lesser, and I saw it there. And I mentioned that, and somebody said, dude, do you remember how much they were charging for it? I was like, I have no idea. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll look on Discogs later, because I never really did the research, to see how much Laughing Dogs is worth. But, um, yeah, I dug Wicked Lesser. But, yeah, I, uh, as I said... When we uh, at the beginning, of the, there's only three songs in all Kiss albums from the '70s I don't like, and Love Theme from Kiss is one of them. But fucking weird. And and I heard Acrobat way later, so I already didn't like Love Theme from Kiss. Yeah. Love Theme from Kiss sounds like Wicked Lester to me. Something like Wicked Lester would have done. It just doesn't sound. I don't, I don't think it fits the album. I love how crazy it is though. Kiss in Time. The only reason I like Kiss in Time because. I don't know. I don't feel it's bad. And also, I know the history or the history. It doesn't count. God, did you really just do that? Well, yeah, you have to do that. We're doing a kiss episode. Well, you got to remember, dude, I'm not going to rip your face off and I don't get fucking butt hurt. You know. And remember, I just said I didn't like a kiss song. So you can't lump me in with uh, right. the other people that say kiss history. Kissing time. That was, uh, that was Neil Bogart's idea. Neil Bogart said to kiss, let's record this song kissing time for a commercial. He didn't say he was going to put it on the album. They went in, they recorded it, and then he put it on other pressings without... And they the... had a contest, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was for a contest. And uh, and they did it for a contest, so... Technically, that song's not supposed to be on there. Now, when the very first Rock and Pod Expo, there was a dealer there that had the kissing Oh, time. really? Yeah, but listen, but listen to this. He wanted 80 bucks for it, which is not bad. Yeah, honestly, I'd say that's reasonable. It's not bad, but here's the here's the kicker of it. He had the vinyl mm-hmm. without Kissing Time, but he had the, the jacket that said Kissing Time. Oh, yeah, no. I was no. like, no, no, thank you. No. Fuck that, you know. But anyway, all right. Uh, and all right, what's your favorite song off the first album, Ian? Mm, okay, Want to look go, at it? Go back to it. Strider, yeah, Nothing to Lose, look. Firehouse, Cold Gin, Let Me Know, Kissing Time, Deuce, <sighs> Love Theme from Kiss, 100,000 Years, and Black Diamond. God. Damn, mine's I mean, easy, dude. Mine's easy. Mine, mine's not. I mean, I. Love I mean, it's easy, but there's there's many that are close to it. And and you know what? I'd probably have to say it's the greatest kiss song. I mean, no, that's not true. Second best kiss song. Because my favorite kiss song is from the Unmasked era. Wow, this, this is really fucking tearing me. Apart. I can't believe I even give a shit about kiss. Unmasked. I mean, un, un with no makeup, uh, not the album Unmasked. I would say it would be neck and neck, and this might surprise some people. Between nothing to lose and a hundred thousand years, hundred thousand years is a very close second for me. Uh, Black Diamond, yeah, great song. I, yeah. I mean, I, I can't fault you for picking anything other than Kissing Time on this. Yeah. Black Diamond, dude, is such a fucking. I don't know. To me, it's fucking. That's that's a song that, believe me, if they weren't wearing makeup and looking crazy, I think critics would would respect this album and that song much better. Because I think that that song is so amazing, you know? I'm not too crazy at the way that it ends on this version, but I'm just talking about the song. Yeah. Fucking epic. But it was the 70s, you know, and that, and that was kind of, you know, you do something weird. I don't really fault it for that. Yeah, it was weird, though, but... Uh... And I didn't mind the production. 
Yeah. No, I mean, bare bones. I mean, it, it's bare bones rock and roll, you know? It, it, yeah. It, you don't need this to sound like a fucking Genesis record. Then we go to Hotter Than Hell, that for the longest time, this was my favorite of the first three. I don't think that anymore. Uh, but I love it. And I even love the shitty production because it gives it this dark oh, yeah. vibe. You know, and I feel like, you know, this is an album that they went to L.A. They were out of their element. You know, Ace just crashed his car. He's all fucked up. Already getting all fucked up back then. Uh, the band just, like, pretty much made up songs, you know, uh, when, you know on the way uh, on the studio. Because they didn't really have much material. As far as I know, all they had was maybe Watching You, uh, Going Blind, which is, a, you know, going back to Steve Cornell. And maybe that's it. Oh, I think Let Me Go Rock and Roll they had back then. Uh, but I think this is a kick-ass album. Uh, again, I, here's an album where I can't say I just like a song. You know, I, of course, I can pick my least favorites and shit like that, but I still like them. Uh, I love How to Hell. What do you think? Uh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I think this might be pound for pound the best kissed album. Kiss album, uh, and there's something special about the first three Kiss albums because they definitely have, you know, their own sound. The same way that all three, you know, Destroyer, Love Gun, and, and Rock and Roll Over. Well, have, you know, there, yeah, there, there's a okay. certain cohesiveness with right, them. Right. But yeah. this is this is them showing their influence. This is them pure, just doing whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know. To me, this is real Kiss. Uh, but you know, to me, Real Kiss ended with Love Gun. But the first three years, like, this is what they grew up liking. This is this what they're doing. A hungry Kiss, yeah. you know, that had something to prove. Yeah, and you know? fuck, I mean, I love every fucking song on this album. God damn. You know? I used to have a favorite one, and that was replaced by another one. And I believe that my favorite song off this album is one they made up in the studio. I, don't, I, I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm looking at fucking Wikipedia right now while we're recording this, and of course my first instinct is to say uh, Strange Ways. But, uh, man, when you, when you go up against shit like watching you, I mean, fuck. Parasite? Yeah, got to choose? I mean, going blind? And one that was actually a grower on me, I, I used to not like, and one day it hit me like a ton of bricks and I fucking got it. Was uh, let me go rock and roll. Oh, I love that song. I used to think I, it, I, the, the alive version though buries this one. I think. Right, but there, there used to be something about it. I thought it was just too rocky, rolly. Yeah, too kind of like like poison. Right. You know what I mean? I I, of course, it's way before poison, but I, it was just too simple, I too fucking you, yeah. silly. Right. Um. But, and, and I don't know what really got me. I don't know if it was the alive version or it might have been on the reunion tour when they played it that I just. Little All time. of a sudden, it made sense. I got it. It's like, don't over-fucking-think it. Just feel it. And the way Gene shakes his ass and played it, it's like, one day it just all made sense. And since that day, I fucking love Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Love every fucking song on this album. Love the production. Uh, yeah, it's raw, but I love it the same way I love, you know, Iggy and the Stooges' raw power. Right, there you it, go. You know, and so many fucking 70s albums that some people deem, you know... Not sonically well, like but it, those early Ramones albums. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. But and it, it's very raw. It has the aggression, and and you feel it. I mean, these they're not masterpieces in one way, but it, you just feel the power and you feel the the hunger. 
Love this fucking album. Probably my favorite Kiss album. Favorite song? Again, I, w- I would say almost a dead-end tie with uh, Strange Ways and Watching You. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Strange Ways, but that scream and watching you, can't deny that shit. Well, I'm going to have to go with Strange Ways. Okay. And Strange Ways is, wasn't initially my favorite song. Shit, at one time I liked Going Blind more than Strange Ways, but for the longest time, Parasite was my favorite song. But it's Strange Ways, dude, because that song is just... And I would love to hear... The ten-minute drum solo version. You know about that? Oh yes. Uh, which I, I, was recorded. I, I think I've, I talked about this on the show, uh, but we'll get to that when we get to a live. But I, I do have a funny story for that. So there we go. That's what we think of uh, "Hotter Than Hell." Yeah. So, so far, I like Kiss. Not, not yeah, bad. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you're talking to a non-Kiss nerd. So you're, I mean, no, I'm not, a former kid. I'm, I'm like a, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm still a proud kissner, but I am not a right. stupid one that right. gets upset. But know? I would say it's fair to say that you and I both know more about kiss than most people ever forget. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we've been there. We met them all. We've seen them so many fucking times. Well, I never met Peter, but that's about to change. Um, he's a dick. All right. Hopefully he won't be a Peter when I meet him. Um, now I would consider my favorite Kiss album of the first three, and I couldn't fault you. God, I love this album, and it was like I, when I fell in love with this album, which is really not too long. I'd say maybe three years ago, I would not stop playing this album. It's very short, and there's uh, and I, I don't know if you've noticed between songs there's a big gap. You know, it's more than a you know a couple seconds before the next song comes in to stretch it. You know. I would say for a long time I took this one over Hotter Than Hell, but in recent years Hotter Than Hell's won over. Yeah, to me, I always picked Hotter Than Hell as my favorite of the first three, and it, it, it kind of sucks because the first one's amazing, and I've never considered that one my favorite of the first three. And it does have the more, more it's more of a greatest hits. And maybe that's why. Maybe it's because uh, the, the second and third album are more obscure tracks, you know, than, you know, the ones that are, you know, staples on the most part of set list. But we're talking about Dress to Kill where Neil Bogart took over because they're like, fuck it, man. I'm going to produce We're trying to save money here. Yeah, and plus, he 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 didn't think these guys were doing a good job. Because Kiss was an amazing live band and they weren't capturing it on album and he figured he could do it. Which, uh, and for cheaper. <laughs> and, and in retrospect, I don't think he did uh, capture the live feel, because Alive did that. But these, the, the, and boy, I gotta say, this one's simple for me to pick a favorite song. But I just gotta say, this is another one where there's not a song on here I don't love. Yeah, some I like more than others, uh, but I love this whole album. I mean, Room Service, Two Timer, Ladies in Waiting, Getaway, Rock Bottom. Come on and love me. Anything for my baby. She, love her all I can. Rock and roll all night, which I prefer that version over the live one. Maybe because I hear it less. I love the little tambourine shit in that song. Uh, probably, you know, maybe my least favorite on here because of the burnout factor. But I love that song. And uh, But I just think this is a hell of an album. I think it's fucking great. And I listen to it a lot. I, out of, uh, probably, you know, I think I listen to this one and Dynasty the most of the 70s shit. 
Uh, and we'll get to Dynasty when we get to it. But I love the early, the, the real Kiss. This is the one I listen to the most. What do you think? Um, I would say for years this was my favorite. Uh, yeah, I just love this shit. And I, I got to give a shout out to fucking little Polish Chris Sinzak because uh, he says Getaway is a horrible fucking. No, song. I think it was Ladies in Waiting, wasn't it? Well, I thought it was Getaway. No, I, I believe it was Ladies in Waiting. I don't know. Either way, he's fucking wrong. You went to the market. I remember him uh, saying that. I, I listened to that episode. Yeah, it was Ladies in Waiting. Trust me. It he's so silly. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Those good. are all great fucking songs. Oh, Ladies in Waiting is awesome. The only one on here I, I just can't listen to anymore, of course, is Rock and Roll All Night. But do you think it's a bad song? I don't think it. it's a bad song, but I'm just thinking if you're being completely honest, not being a fucking... You know, a sheep kiss fan. It's right about on par with S A T U R D A Y night. It's just so fucking. It's so lame and so basic. There's such better songs on here, but there's just something about that live version that captured me. I don't think it's that great. I think they've done a. You know, I think they hate playing that fucking song. Oh like, yeah, of course they do. They know they got better shit, man. But th- there's just something that caught on because the public, by and large, is fucking. You know, by and large, uh, stupid. Uh, but I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's rock and roll all night. Of course, it's classic. But uh, I mean, compared to all these other songs, and I consider all of these things classic. But my two favorite songs, uh, and I'm glad that they've gotten love in later years because for a long time I thought I was the only one. But anything for my baby and love her all I can were always my favorites. And what was it? Anthrax covered uh, Love Her All I Can. Oh, and did an amazing job. And I felt vindicated when that fucking, you know, cover came. I was like, see, they get it. The fuck's with you guys? Uh, I love it. And to me, a a true end of an era with Kiss. You know, this is like... Mach 1. Yeah. You know, this is uh, unadulterated, no producer getting involved, just straight up Kiss being Kiss, and oh god, I fucking love it. Yeah, this is before the money came pouring in. This was the last album where they were broke. Um, and uh, what, did you say what your favorite was? Yeah, it, it, it's between Lover All I Can and Anything for My Baby. And, all right. and I feel terrible saying that because all the others are fucking classic. Yeah. No matter what Chris Sinzak says. My favorite, hands down, it's probably. My second favorite Paul song ever is uh, Come On and Love Me. Uh, that fucking song, dude, is just so awesome, you know? I love the, the simplicity of it. I love the, you know, the lyrics. Uh, uh, you know, she's a dancer, a romancer. I'm a Capricorn. She's a Cancer. I mean, I don't know. It just sounds like a puzzle lyric where it just everything fits so perfectly. And I just love the vibe and the Come On and Love Me and... The asymplistic solo and "Come On and Love Me" is definitely my favorite track off of. What's, what's fuck? I'm so fucked up from having fun with you at party and all these days. I cannot remember for the life of me. But there is a lyric in "Come On and Love Me" that I got wrong for probably about ten years. And one time I'm driving around with one of my best friends and I'm singing, "What the fuck did you say?" And I fucked the lyric all up. And he's like, "That's not what he says." And when he told me, I was like. Oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. I forget what it was, but I fucked it up so goddamn bad. Yeah, it's kind of like me and War Pigs. 
po poisoning their brains with schmine is what I thought he said. It's brainwashed minds. What the fuck is schmine? Exactly. I thought as a kid, schmine was some word in England. You know how England has, you know, terminology, like, you know, okay. different. I thought schmine was a British word. Brain was schmine. And it was brainwashed mine. Okay. All right. Now we're going to go to a live. Oh, yeah. Kiss Alive. Uh, so, uh, I still think it's their best album. Uh, and uh, pretty much hands down. Um, this album, you know, I, you know, uh, my favorite Kiss Studio album is awesome. Incredible. Love every song on it. But I don't think it can even competes with this. I think it gets knocked out by Alive. Because Alive, to me, I don't know, man. It was definitely... I had the A-Track as a little kid. Um, you know, something that even your generation didn't really experience was being a kid in the 70s, listening to a live album, you made up the own video in your head. Where by the time you were a kid, you had Live After Death, Priest Live. Mm -hmm. You knew what concerts looked like. Right. Full concerts. Right. We did it. You know, so by listening to Kids Alive with the bombs during dudes. And, you know, at the end of, uh, you know, uh, Black Diamond, you know, you just, you, you and you look at the album. And, you know, you look at the book, you, you'd read the letters. Uh, you see, you know, and all this, you know, all this imagery of Kiss. You just make up in your head how the show looks. And that's why I think live albums never had that same impact after MTV. You know, because MTV pretty much showed you the show. Where back then you used your memory. I mean, you used your mind, your imagination. And this album, man, really, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite live album, but it's the live album that made me use my imagination more than any other live album. Because, you know, you you, you hear the bass in the beginning of 100,000 Years, and you think of Gene Spitting Blood, you know, and Firehouse with the, with the fire and the... You know, the blowing fire and the fire, you know, uh, what do they, they call it? Fire engine noises, whatever. Firehouse. Yeah. yeah. You know, sirens and shit. The sirens, that's what I meant to say. You know, and uh, I just fucking loved it. And the drum solo was, to me, very hypnotic. I used to love listening to 100,000 Years, that whole drum solo and Paul doing the little rap and shit. And, you know, back then, as much as I goof on Paul, it's still goofy. Things he says on here, but like back in the orange juice. Yeah, I was talking to somebody backstage before, but listen to how he progressed from that. Sounds pretty fucking cool on here. Because here, it was, yeah, I think he degressed. It was just fucking terrible. You know, she got my five ones and went. I mean, goddamn, cringeworthy. But yeah, hands down, my all-time favorite Kiss album, and uh, I highly doubt. If Kiss was to make any more albums after Monster, it can compete with this. So I would have to say my favorite, all-time favorite Kiss album is Kiss Alive. Thank you. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I absolutely love it. And I've gained more respect for it over the years. Because I would say initially when I was first coming into Kiss and I'm buying albums kind of out of order and getting different shit... Uh, I was initially attracted to uh, Alive 2 more. Just because of the songs, because I got a lot more into uh, Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, and, and Destroyer. Uh, 
before I did the first three. And I'm so late to the game. I could see, like, if this is the first Kiss, you, I could see why this would change people's minds about Kiss. I'm like, oh, man, I need to give this band another chance. But I was so late to the fucking game, it, it will never have the impact it did on your generation. Uh, but now, I, I truly feel it is superior to, to Alive 2. As much as I love Alive 2, uh, this is superior. But at the time growing up, I, I dug it, but I didn't listen to it as much as I should have, but I fucking love it now. It's classic. Yeah, you know, it's fucking heavily re-recorded in the studio. Much like a KISS concert right now, you know. None of Peter Chris's drums were re-recorded. All live. The whole album. Uh, I'm sure he stands by that. Eddie Kramer said it. Oh, okay. Um, can you pick a favorite? It's hard. Mm. I can, but it's hard. Hmm. Alright, let me run through here. I mean, I love all these fucking songs. Oh, great. Uh, I would have to say Watching Yeah, and uh, I would have to say I like the Watching You version more than... Which is basically every song on here I like more than the studio version. Which I, I would say maybe Rock and Roll Night's the only one I would pick the studio version over. Uh, mine is the same as the first album. I love the live version of Black Diamond. I just thought it was fucking awesome. I loved how it ended with all the bombs and and I just thought the performance was so on fire and on point. Uh, it was just fucking amazing, you know. And I, I loved the Hundred Thousand Years a lot too, but you know the drum solo kind of takes away a little from, from it. Even though I love the drum solo, it doesn't really make it a song to me. So Black Diamond would be my favorite. So we'll go to the next one, and uh, and I'm absolutely love, but it's my least favorite of the seventies. Destroyer, their Sergeant Pepper, if you, if you will. Interesting. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, and here's, you know, we're gonna find us the second song I don't like from the '70s album. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't count Rock and Roll Party because that's not really a song, right? But um, and this one's gonna be very simple for me to pick my favorite song because it is my second favorite Kiss song of all time. Well, tied, I guess. Uh, Destroyer. Uh, a, te- a totally different band. This does not sound like, you know, and I wasn't, I was, you know, obviously I was alive then, but I wasn't around for the backlash. Because this album got a lot of backlash from the Kiss fans from before. They thought this was a terrible sellout album, didn't sound like the old Kiss. Uh, I'd, I'd say maybe Sweet Pain was the closest. But um, definitely, a, it's just a more mature sounding band. Uh, you can tell Bob Ezrin had so much to do with it. Right. You know, to change this band into, you know, pretty much the, you know, uh, you know, because the first three albums had pretty much the same formula. This formula was super different. But um, I love this album, don't get me wrong. I just like the other ones more. Um, because there's something sonically different about this than the ones that are coming up. I don't feel like it, you know, it, it grabs me as well, but I still love this fucking album. Uh, what do you think of Destroyer? Well, this is one I used to like a lot more than I do now. Uh, but, I mean, two of my favorite songs ever back to back are Detroit Rock City and King of the Nighttime World. But yeah, it is such a fucking Bob Ezrin album. You know, and... Uh, I think at this time, you know, Bob Ezrin's coke addiction and being kind of 
I think he was in his own head about how great he was. Was and he really bad into Kobe even back then? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. And he's coming off the success of what he did with Alice Cooper for Welcome to My Night. I mean, he did all the original Alice Cooper band albums. And then he did, you know, the, the first Alice Cooper album, Welcome to My Nightmare, which is basically like a Broadway show, you know, so much different than the original uh, Alice Cooper uh, lineup, you know, it, song structure and everything. And he kind of brought that same thing to Kiss. He totally changed them and added all these fucking bells and whistles. And, you know, you start seeing parts that aren't fucking Peter Chris, parts that aren't fucking, you know, Ace Fraley and shit. Because he don't care. He don't. He doesn't give a fuck who's in the band. He wants whatever he thinks sounds best. And I think that started laying some cracks in the foundation. Um, but I, I just don't think the songs are up to par. Like, looking back now, like, love Detroit Rock City. Love King of the Nighttime World. Love God of Thunder. Great Expectations? Eh. Flaming Youth? Eh. Sweet Pain? Eh. Shout It Out Loud? On the fence. Beth, oh, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Do you love me? Fucking love that shit. But, uh, overall, just too too weird. Too much change too soon. Not a natural progression, more of a forced progression. But, uh, a lot of people disagree. Yeah, I, I, I love Beth. I mean, Beth, to me, is, uh, it's just, you know, it really has a lot to do with my youth, you know. It's just, every time I hear it, it, it as a, I don't know. It's just really identifiable. But the one song I can't stand on there is Great Expectations. I mean, I really, really dislike that song a lot. I tried, you know. Uh, original idea I thought was better where he names, you know, Paul on guitar, Peter on drums, and stuff like that. But still, I mean, the song is just so, with the kids' choir. Flaming Youth I like, but I think it would have been better without the fucking circus music on it. Sweet Pain rules. I love Sweet Pain's one of my favorites on here. Um should love Shout Out Loud. Love Do You Love Me. God of Thunder, man. I used to think the Alive 2 version was better. Uh, I don't think that anymore. But I would say it's tied with the studio version. Yeah. I, I absolutely love the Paul Stanley version of God of Thunder. Man, that's on the box set. I, 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 I didn't, it. man. I didn't. But I'm a Paul Nutswing. Yeah, that's true. I just thought... And it wasn't that he sang it bad. I didn't like the sound of it. It sounded so robotic. It didn't sound like... I don't know. To, to me, Paul could do no wrong until, like, he started doing wrong. But uh, the first two songs... Oh, yeah. ...is definitely the highlight. Yeah. And my favorite song, uh, which probably tied with... Black Diamond is my favorite Kiss song is Detroit Rock City I never get sick of it uh, I know a lot of people do they're fucking I just think that song fucking rules and it's very Bob Ezrin because Bob Ezrin wrote that solo you know it wasn't Ace it wasn't Paul you know that's a Bob Ezrin guitar solo and I just think it's fucking up there like you know like I said one of the greatest Kiss songs ever and one of the greatest rock songs ever uh, Detroit Rock City is my favorite what's yours? Hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I think you got to go to Detroit Rock City. I mean, I, I would give, I would give honorable mention to King of the Nighttime World. I think, to me, is still an underrated classic. I don't think it gets enough for fucking respect, and it is not in the set list enough as it should be. To me, that should always follow Detroit Rock City. Uh, 
And I really, really love Do You Love Me. But uh, I know there's a lot of hate for that one, too. I don't know. Oh, man. I love that one. And I love Oh, really? It. I thought you oh, didn't like that. No, man. And that's one of the double, double platinum songs. That was one for of the some so reason, I thought you didn't like it. Oh, I always love Do You Love Me, you know? That's a great fucking song. I don't know if I ever told you this, uh, but uh, this record store I used to go to in Southern Illinois, this guy said he opened up for Kiss in like, I think 75 or 76. He said he knew then Paul was a fag. He, 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 said, he said Paul walked out and looked at like, I can't remember if the guy said he was talking to Ace or Peter. But he said they were close, you know, talking about something, joking around. And he said Paul walked out and kind of shaked his hair and shit. You know, it was all puffy and shit. He goes, ACDC. You know, he goes, and back then he goes, nobody knew a band called ACDC. He goes, when you heard ACDC, it meant you went both ways. And uh, he goes, Kiss always freaked me fucking out. I'm not saying that guy's lying. But man, just uh, being a Kiss fan as long as I have been. And you know I'm not a Paul defender. Right. I don't think he's good. But he told me this. This was in 86, 87. You know. Who knows? I don't care if he is. I don't give a fuck. He's still one of my favorite. Either, but I don't think he is. And I think that was a lot of acting back then. Because, you know, they would... they would. Uh, Maybe he's just naturally effeminate and people fucking yeah, mistake that's what I think. But anyway, all right. Well, I don't think he's gay because um, even though, I mean, Peter Chris, you never read his book, right? I've got it. Oh, you got to read that shit. Well, he, he said this shit about Ace sucking his dick. Well, Ace admitted it. The, the Ace admitted to sucking his dick? Dude, the beautiful thing about Ace Fraley, you, anybody that accuses him of every, anything, he's like, yeah, I did that. He yeah, never... Hey, Curly. Yeah, yeah I sucked. Oh, yeah. Ace sucked his and dick. And apparently Peter has a pretty big Peter. Yeah, so does uh, Ace. Oh, wow. Um, Did not know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a picture of Ace Fairley making out with an old guy. Yeah, I, don't I know mean, obviously, that. you know he's fucked up off his brain. But, you know, maybe Ace is bisexual. Who knows? Or was just so fucked up he didn't give a fuck who was banging, you know? Or what he did, you know? I could get... I mean, it makes for funny stories, but I could give a shit less, you know? Yeah, it, it is true. Ace uh, sucked Peter's dick. Peter's Peter. Wow. According to Peter and Ace. <laughs> I mean, I knew Ace sucked dick when I bought a couple of those solo albums, but I didn't know literally. Hey, okay. I know, I know. I, what I don't know is if he finished the job. I don't know no. if Peter came. Was it a tease? Because if he came, then that would make them both gay. <laughs> oh, all like, right. Because I've had many of men suck my cock, but I don't let them finish because then, you know, that's on your that makes, record. Yeah, if you, if you yeah. get, if you come... Right. And that means you're as gay as the one sucking your cock. Or if you look down. Uh, no. All right, so we were Rock and Roll Over. Rock and Roll Over is the next album. Uh, it's my favorite studio album from Kiss. Um, I was thinking of this just a second ago. I was like, man, I mean, I can't remember what I had first. Rock and Roll Over or a blowjob from Ace. I mean, uh, or Kiss Alive. Uh, I, I don't remember which one I owned first. I think it was Rock and Roll Over. I know for sure I had Rock and Roll Over on vinyl before Kiss Alive. Because Kiss Alive, I had on 8-track as a kid. And this album, dude, I'm sorry. There's nothing on here I don't like. God damn, is this album good. It's, uh, it's, um, 
Kiss freaking out with the backlash of uh, right. Destroyer, running to the studio to do a hard rock album. But uh, while they're there in the studio making a hard rock album, Peter Chris saved Kiss. Uh, Beth exploded, became huge. And they, I believe they were pretty much already done with the writing of this album or recording when, uh, by the time Beth blew up. So they hated Bob Ezrin for it. And then they ended up loving him again. But uh, this was Kiss just trying to prove themselves to be, a, you know, fuck that. We're not about great expectations. And Beth, here's a well, hard rocking album. Man. I, I, I could be a little sketchy on the facts here because I'm way in the fucking can. But uh, I believe that Paul and Gene liked Ezrin and they liked how he had control and you know because that's how they are you know they like that kind of structure and shit like that but Gene and Ace I mean uh, Peter and Ace really didn't like him and then when there was the backlash from the fans Ace got his way because he wanted you know Eddie Kramer so they ended up going that direction Uh, but I think this definitely works better I don't know what a lot of people say this is their favorite, so you're not in the minority here. A lot of people like, yeah. this is the one. I love this fucking album, but it's never been my favorite. And Have we gotten to your favorite, or is it Hotter Than Hell? You I, like Hotter Than Hell more than this, I'm sure. Yeah, I like Hotter Than Hell All more right, than cool. this. All right. um, but I love this fucking album. Like, I don't want to take anything away from it, but there's always been two songs that just keep it from being at the top of the fucking echelon. Well, what songs are those? Okay. Um, See You In Your Dreams? That's one of them. And the other one... Baby Driver? No, I love me some fucking oh, Baby I love Driver. That song, love Baby Driver. No, the, the two that... And don't get me wrong, I still like them, but I think their total fucking filler is See In Your Dreams and Love Them and Leave Them. All right. I still, Probably my two least favorite, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I love them. I love them I both. Love, but... I want you one of the best songs fucking ever. Uh, yes. Top Kiss song. De- definitely in the top ten. The song that got me into Kiss. Uh, Take Me. Great fucking. Oh, yeah. T- to, me, to me, that's killer filler. You to know? me, fuck Bob Dylan. Put your hand in my pocket and uh, grab onto my rocket. Love I love that. Calling Dr. Love. Perfect fucking Kiss song. Yes. Great. Ladies Room. Fucking love Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Baby Driver. Again, we talked about this. And I... God, as much as I'm a Paul Nutswinger, I most agree with you on this. Peter Chris had the coolest fucking voice in Kiss. I mean, yes, it's a white trash fucking Rod Stewart, but it fits the band so fucking good. That raspy scream oh, that he would do. Rod I, Stewart couldn't scream like that. Yeah. No, I, I love He's it. a better singer than Rod Stewart. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. Well, he's a better singer than Rod Stewart, but Rod Stewart's a better drummer. Um, oh, ouch. Ouch. Uh, love him, leave him. That, to me, is filler. Mr. Speed, absolutely fucking love. Fucking love that love song. It. Love that song. Uh, yeah, Seeing Your Dreams again. That's. Eh, I mean, I mean, I like that Gene would take chances. You know, especially being the demon, he always took weird fucking chances right. with his music and always showed his love for the Beatles and more melodic shit. So that's kind of cool. I don't think it works as great. Hard Luck Woman is. To me, should be what Beth ended up being. I think Hard Luck Woman blows fucking Beth out the fucking Better heart. song than uh, Beth, in my opinion. And, in my opinion, the greatest Kiss Ballad. Oh, yeah. Fucking phenomenal. And uh, I I believe originally, 
Paul was going to sing it, but Peter threw a fit and threatened to quit the band if, if uh, Paul didn't let him sing it. Am Not I true. wrong on that? Not okay. true. Uh, Paul Stanley wrote that song for Rod Stewart. And I don't know what happened. Rod Stewart didn't get it. So he gave it to Peter because Peter sounded like Rod Stewart. Right. He felt like he could deliver it better because uh, Peter had that raspy voice. Well, shit. What am I... Th- Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of coming... Was there something on fucking... How did they hear or something like if if uh, Paul didn't let Peter sing it, he was going to quit the band. Yes. Was uh, it coming on? No, Paul sang coming or, 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 not Yeah, I'm thinking it was uh, something off Hotter Than Hell, actually. Yeah. Maybe uh, Getaway. What was Getaway on there? No, Getaway was on Just a Kill. What's yeah. the one on... Uh, I don't know. Go back. All right, let me go back. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm a little... It's the other song that Peter sang, because Peter sang two songs on it. Like, and people are going to... Mainline, I believe. Yeah. Yes, it was yeah. Mainline. People are going to eat our ass up for fucking this up, but fuck you, we still more know the, uh, more about Well, we're you, fucked so. up. Yeah, exactly. You gotta remember that. I'm way fucked up. Wadzilla's in my house, bro. But These uh, are rare episodes. Till you come back. Hard Luck Woman, a fucking masterpiece. Yes. And, uh... Yeah, and it should... And it did chart pretty good. Uh, it charted... I think it was a top 20 hit. And I'm not a fucking country person by any means. Uh, really not a fan of country. Garth Brooks did an amazing cover of that. I agree. And uh, I love that Garth Brooks, like, as soon as Garth Brooks got popular, he was always vocal about how he loved, he Kiss. loved Kiss and he loved Journey and all these bands. Yeah, are, Kansas. Oh, yeah. He, he said, that's what I was really into before I got in, you know, before I discovered George Jones and got into country. And uh, he did a beautiful fucking cover of it. But to me, that's one of Peter Chris at his finest. And I really wish that that, that should be a staple on heart, on classic rock radio. Yes, because it, it, it's that fucking good, and, and and hats off to Paul for writing it. Hats off to Peter on his vocals were fucking amazing, and why that didn't succeed and Beth did, I have no idea. Because Beth really does fucking nothing for me and never has. But uh, it, you know, when I was a little kid, I had a K-Tel album. Remember K-Tel? Oh, I had, I had plenty of K-Tel albums, and one of them had Hard Luck Woman, and I absolutely loved it, man. I might, I might have to. My friend, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. X. Got a compilation of like uh, 30 KTEL albums from the 70s. Yeah, I definitely want to hear that because okay. I'm sure I'm going to hear songs I haven't heard since back then. Midnight at the Oasis. Yeah. There's Put a your lot camels of, to There's bed. a lot of songs I heard like Great way later. I go, oh my God, I haven't heard this forever. Um, and, and of course, the ending, Making Love. Oh, what a fucking song. Probably one of the greatest Ace solos. And that, you know, and Ace had nothing to do with this album. But I, I also think... Yeah, this is the one where, like, a, a, again, he, he, he's skipping to go play fucking poker and enjoying the success. No, and, no, uh, that was destroyed. Well, I, I mean, I know the infamous, you know, the poker game, but you know what I mean? At the same time, he's still like, eh. No, well, according to Ace, though, it could be wrong, because you got to remember, Ace was very fucked up back then. Right. He said he had some of the songs from the solo album back then. Right, but he was saving them. He was saving them. I think Speeding Back From My Baby and Rip It Out were two of them. That he even had back then, he didn't want to share them. Uh, and I wonder if that's true. Yeah, I know that. You know that. I think that's kind of some like you know Nikki Six fucking heroin diary shit. Because remember, still to this point, no, but not uh, unlike Nikki Six. Nikki Six purposely lied. I think Ace's memory's fucked. Right. But, I don't think he's lying. But what I'm getting at is it, still at this point, they're trying to get him to become the fourth Beatle, and he still won't fucking sing because he's yeah, self-conscious. They wanted him to do Cold Gin. You know. From the first album, they wanted right. him to sing, you know, but he was too nervous and shy, yeah. you know. But um, 
But when I listen to Making Love, it's like when I hear that guitar solo on Making Love, I'm like, Ace did contribute to this album. I don't think anybody told him to play like that. It's so Ace. Well, I mean, that's something I've always argued about when you have songwriting credits. Because I believe anybody that contributes anything, you made part of that. You might be a smaller part, but, you know, prime example, we were talking about uh, D. Snyder and Twisted Sister. Right. You can't tell me he wrote every part of every song, the drum line, you know, the bass line. You know, the other guys contributed. I mean, he might have came in with things, but everybody contributes something, unless you're Peter Chris. Uh, but still, you know, you got good vocals. Yeah, Peter Chris is very sketchy. As much as I defend the guy, uh, even Beth was a song that was back in his old band. I believe it was either Lips or Chelsea. Right, and, and was the majority of it was written by Stan Penridge, not... Stan Penridge right. was uh, credited, and I think Bob Ezrin had a lot to do with it. Because if you listen to the original version, it's an acoustic... It's kind of like sounds like the Kiss Me Savannah version. You know, when they're playing acoustic near the pool and... Sam shows up and the chick screams. It kind of resembles that a little bit. And yeah, maybe it is all Pendridge. And Chris said, hey, you better give me credit because I'm bringing this kiss album. And Bob added all the strings and shit and made it a hit. And it was very much of the time, too. Because you got to remember, back then you had your Helen Reddy, Carpenters type of, you know, puppy love. Well, and and let's be honest, they were chasing, you know, what when we get Hard Luck Woman, they were chasing, you know, his Beth, too, you know. Yeah, and also trying to write a a Bob. I mean... Something girls would listen to. You know, in in their defense, it was initially written for Rod Stewart. But, you know, adding it to a Kiss album is kind of chasing a trend. Rod Stewart was the rage. Right. You know, so they wrote a Rod Stewart-type song. You know, so... um, uh, Yeah, this is my favorite Kiss album. And um, definitely, I got to say, I mean, I guess... Not even for my, uh, you know, for sentimental reasons, but it is the very first Kiss song I heard, and I still think I Want You is the standout track. I think that album is just, that song is just the most badass, you know, fucking, uh, you know, one of the most badass Paul Stanley songs. Love the video. It was just awesome. Total Kiss at its peak, the flames and everything. It's just mm. an unbelievable song. I think I Want You is definitely the best song on here. Hands down. I like I like the video that uh, Faze Linear made. That one was pretty good. Uh, not for I Want You. I did one for Making Love. But I think the best kids video of Faze Linear is Love Her All I Can. That one is my favorite. Well, a lot of people think other ones are their favorite. I think Love Her All I Can is my favorite uh, Faze Linear. Which is on the almost even 56 page. Do you have a favorite off this? I would say Dead Nuts between I Want You and Mr. Speed. Mm, Alright. Both cool. And Mr. Speed, you know, I mean, what the fuck? Why was that song never, like, played live? I know they played it here and there with, like, Eric Singer or Bruce or something. But the original Kiss never played that shit live. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, All right, the next album, which uh, Ian claims, and I agree, uh, the last real Kiss album. Yes, sir. Because uh, I don't think there's any ghost musicians on this album. Uh, Where there are a couple on uh, Destroyer we didn't talk about. Uh, Dick Wagner, which also we didn't talk about the Resurrection version. Do you, you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. I like that version more. And I, you know, maybe it's because of my blue Kool-Aid drinking and Ace Fairly Nutslinger, but I liked Ace's solo more than Dick Wagner's solo on Sweet Pain. Uh, and I don't know why they omitted it, but whatever. All right, Love Gun is the next one. And this is where 
definitely I was already full blown, you know. This is the peak of Kiss. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I just, I got into Kiss at, soon after this with Double Platinum. But I do remember this, buying this one in vinyl before the 70s was done. So I do remember having a uh, love gun. Um, I Stole Your Love, uh, along with Detroit Rock City, the greatest opening on any Kiss studio album. Uh, Christine 16, just love that song. Got Love for Sale, which I didn't like at first. Ah, I know, I grew up. Shock Me, Tomorrow and Tonight. I mean, we already reviewed this, so if anybody heard uh, the Love Gun episode, you're gonna already know what we all think about this. Love Gun, Hooligan, Almost Human, Plaster Catherine, and then she kissed me. Now, I already know what you um, the only song I don't like, and here's the third song after 70s discography, mm. Hooligan. I never could get into that song. And yeah, there's a lot of people online that love it, you love it. Um, I just never can identify with that song for some reason. And it's Peter, dude, my favorite voice. Well, and, and I think he sings his ass off on the song. Well, see, that's the thing I, w- I was going to bring up. I don't think it's the greatest song, like, structure-wise or lyrically-wise, but Peter sells it to me. Oh, yeah, it's I love his, his voice. voice. Yeah, I love his voice, but it it's just, I think the music but is... But I don't see how you, you don't give that a pass, but you like, then she kissed me. The gayest fucking shit ever, and I don't mean to be homophobic, but I mean, that really just tastes like dick. I mean, yeah, I what I think song. dick tastes like, I don't know. That That's just like... And you don't like Tomorrow Tonight, as I recall. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate it as much as fucking Then She Kissed Me, but it's one of those... It, this used to be my favorite 70s album. But then as time went on, I was like, mm. uh, Tomorrow Tonight, yeah. Like, mm. But And then she kissed me like Tony. Mm. But I Stole Your Love, my favorite Kiss song, all fucking time, hands down. Even beats... I know it's going to blow some people's minds. Even beats Tears Are Falling. Wow. I Stole Your Love. Fucking the perfect Kiss song fucking ever. Yeah, I uh, agree. I have to go with you. So I Stole Your Love is the best song on this Yeah, album. it's quintessential what Kiss is and what Kiss was at that time. Uh, Christine 16, classic. Got Love for Sale. I know people who love this. I know people who hate it. I don't see how anybody could hate it. To me, it's experimental gene at its best. Fucking awesome. Shock me. Finally, fucking Ace steps to the mic, knocks it out of the fucking park. Great fucking song. Yeah, he lays on his back and they put the mic down. Right. But uh, tomorrow, tonight, kind of a lame way to end side one. Love Gun. Never want to hear it again in my fucking life, but it is a classic, perfect it's, fucking to song. To me, yeah, it's a perfect song. Uh, Hooligan, like I said, uh, you know, eh, Peter Chris makes it what it is. Almost Human. Definitely. I would have to say my second favorite track on the album. I fucking absolutely love that song. I'm so glad you named your channel Almost Human to bring more attention to that fucking song because it is dirty and nasty and awesome. It's what the demon's all about. Yeah, it's definitely a demon song. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Uh, Plaster Caster. It's braggadocious Simmons, but it's still playful and fun. And then she kissed me. It's like, really? We're going back to kissing time again? Like, I get it. Like, kissed me like the novelty shit of it but you know that certain songs that's a girl song yeah it's a fucking girl yeah, song then he you know? kissed me is the original version right you know you don't change that shit and 
I mean, I get maybe that, like, you know, around this time, Happy Days is big, and there's kind of this 50s oh, thing. Yeah, you know, Christine 16 with the piano. Yeah, that's Very Happy Days. But, you know, then she, like, really, really? Lame. No, I, I believe me. Real I, lame, man. Real lame. <laughs> Sit on it. Uh, Chopper well, does what he well, wants. I, I, I get it, you know, but I'm a very big fan of that, you know, Phil Spector shit, you know? And I love it, but for them, it's not, you know. I, and I like, you know, what Aerosmith did with Walking in the Sand. To me, it's pretty much the same shit. Right, but it's like Black Sabbath doing Under the Boardwalk, okay? But, but Black Sabbath can't, is not popular like that, you know? Thank God. Yeah, well, you know, well, I mean, I think Kiss has a more pop feel that they can get away with it for me. And I know I'm in the minority when Denshi kissed me, you know? I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever and Well, yeah, there's one. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it, it, it's a solid album. Uh, but, you know, since it does have Hooligan. And you know what? And I don't really like uh, the female vocals on Tomorrow and Tonight. I prefer the fake Alive 2 version, which that's a song that was never played live back then. It just played it on soundcheck and, you know. All right, Kiss Alive 2, uh, 1977. Um, what you think about this one? Shit, even to this day, it might be my favorite Kiss Live album. There you go. Uh, I respect the fact that they didn't repeat songs. I thought that was really cool. Yep. Uh, and, and honest to the fans. And it, it came with a great package, the tattoos, all this shit. Amazing. And then you get the, uh, the studio side which was neat, uh, you know, a little something different for that time. Um, but I, I, I do have this, like, uh, makes me so mad because for the longest time, my favorite Ace Frehley solo of all time was Larger Than Life. Right. And then to find out that ain't even fucking Ace Frehley. It's that son of a bitch Bob Kulik who wants everybody to know it was him. And he was better than Ace. And every fucking area. Oh, God, get over yourself. You know, he should have bought a fucking wig. Maybe he could have stayed in Kiss. Mm. You know, I'm glad he didn't make it in Kiss, man. No. Because uh, Ace is the man. Ace, uh... No, but goddamn, does he do a good Ace on that, though? No, he's great. He, uh, Bob Kulik's great, but, you know, I, I, it's Bob Kulik doing Ace. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's not him being him. It's right. him trying to, intim- you know, impersonate. Right. But goddamn, he does a good. Oh, he's amazing. He does All-American Man as well as I... Right, but to me, the, the solo yeah, larger yeah, than live, I was like, oh, is the shit. That was like, I I used to take that over fucking strange ways. I was like, oh, fucking Ace at his peak. But Kiss is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. Everything about Kiss is a fucking lie. Well, starting here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a little bit before here. You know, you gotta go back to destroy it, really. Well, or alive. No, I'm which saying, ain't live. I'm saying, you know, this side is like, right. there's only it's like Psycho Circus on this side, I believe. The only song featuring all four original members is Rocket Ride. Uh, and, you know, Bob Ezra, not, what's his name that did this? Um, uh, who produced this album again? Eddie Kramer. Yeah, the only, the only producer that should produce all. He claims it's Anton Fig. Anton Fig says he, did, he wasn't aware of Kiss back then. Like, the first time he did anything with Kiss was the solo album. So... And Gene Simmons says it's Peter Chris. So, 
I don't know. It's very conflicting who played drums on it. I've I've heard some talk that it was Mike Portnoy and Eddie Trunk set the whole thing up, and then he dis- <laughs> I heard it was my I heard it was Eddie Trunk, and then he discovered the Winery Dogs. Yeah. Uh, did you like any way you want it? Love it. Really? Love okay, that. Because that's pretty song. much you know kind of a then she kissed. But me type that of thing. is you know Deep that's Park also Five. that shit I was you know raised on with my dad. My dad loved Dave, Dave Clark Five, right. Kinks and stuff like that. I was brought up on that shit, and at least it sounded fucking more manly than fucking Then She Kissed Me. Uh, I dug it. I dug it. Uh, Rocket Ride is kind of stupid. Larger Than Life, absolutely love. Rocket in the USA, eh. Uh, All-American Man, kind of silly, but I don't know. Paul sells it. I like it. it. It's his machismo, you know, without being too fucking gay. Well, not mine, dude. Rocket Ride's the best track. Really? Uh, oh, my God. That song fucking rules. Fucking ace nut swinging motherfucker. Oh, well, you know, I mean, he's like All-American Man. I love All-American Man, too. Mm, but, yes, I do. Right know. my mouth. But, <laughs> and uh, that's why you don't like Rocket Ride. Paul Stanley. That's right. But, uh, dude, Rocket Ride rules, dude. The fucking... Bah, that solo. And, you know, that's when Ace is like, you know, really came out of the shell. And, uh... You know, but I and and as far as the live tracks on here, my favorite is definitely Detroit Rock City. Is there a live track on here? Well, you know what I'm okay. talking about—the one All with right. the live noises. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, if you listen to, if you watch the video of Kiss and Budokan, listen to the version of "I Want You" because that's where this was taken from. You hear the enhancements, but you also hear the skeletal uh, version of "Alive" too on. Um, uh, Budokan uh, Kiss show. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, if you really look close, there's a part where you know they show the eight. The the audience was obviously Asian, and the one guy turns over. He's like, "Hey, Marge, what'd you think of that song?" You know, like everything was fucking duped. Oh, so so it was cardboard people yeah, out there. Or yeah, something? yeah. Even the Asians weren't real Asians. It's all a facade. Kiss is a lie. It all should have been called a lie too. A lie too. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Yeah, thank you. I had my moments. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the first one was a lie. second one's a lie. The third one you wish was a lie, but it's probably the fucking truth. <laughs> but anyway, all right. Any closing words on uh, all the Kiss albums we've talked about so far? Good I mean, shit. You, you got to admit, yeah, it's, it, it, we just talked about the best shit. Yeah, exactly. It only gets worse from here yeah. on out, kids. And there's some good stuff coming yeah. out, but for the most part, it's garbage. If we broke your heart here, you're really gonna get pissed the next. Yeah, exactly, episode. man. So, uh, all right, um, all right. Now we'll do something a little different. What we usually do. All right. Uh, we're gonna do pick of the week this week, but what we're gonna pick is the albums we just reviewed. What's your favorite of all these albums? Well, I think I got to stand by what I said earlier. If I would recommend any of these fucking albums, like this is the one you have to have, uh, you can only have one hotter than hell. All right, I'll go with Kiss Alive. Posing. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, all right. Your and, favorite song, Rock and Roll All Night, too. Uh, on no, uh, Black Diamond. All right. But I like Rock and Roll All Night on Trusted Kill. I stand by that. But then again, I'm a poser. What do I know? You're but, not a poser. You just have bad taste. Yeah, I just have bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> we finally settled that up. Aren't, 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 they, aren't they one of the same bad taste? No, no. Posers just follow. Posers, poser would follow what you think. Right. 
where nobody would follow what I think because I like to yell it. What do I know? All right, guys. So uh, next episode, Kiss the Sky. We're going to go all the way up to Monster. Oh, shit. Now i got to listen to Monster. Yeah, you got to listen to that again. Yeah, good thing we didn't do it now. And Sonic Boom. Holy and, shit. Wait a minute. What about Life 4? i got to listen to that shit, too? No, no. I, you know what? Let's, let's stop the fucking Live album. Which again. version of Life 4? The Symphony uh, shit or the unreleased shit? I don't want to listen to those. All right. Live albums are out. Only studio albums from now on. That's the rock and metal combat rule. Don't like it, kiss our black Are we going to talk about Chikara? Oh, my God. Yeah, so, all right. So, uh, and uh, I would say, and, and can I pick a uh, fan of the week? I have a fan of the week. Yes, you can. Alan Schwarzberg. <laughs> yes. Favorite kiss drummer. Is our fan of the week. And, uh, all right. So, check us out next time. We'll uh, finish this fucking kiss discography shit. All right. And if you meet Alan Schwartzberg, be very nice. If he lives in your neighborhood, you would know because he has to knock on your door and tell you he lives there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh. Just like that, that sign I have down in my condo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know he diddled kids. That's a great picture of you, though. Yeah. That, you know, but that, I didn't diddle no kids. They just caught me peeing outside. It's fucked up. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. All right, guys. Till next time. Ciao. Ciao.